The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this occasion for something a little bit different. Recently, we had, of course, Dennis Law, uh, famed referee at WrestleZone. I am joined with another very important role in wrestling. Uh, he's a silky smooth voice of Source Wrestling and, I think, Reckless. I've got mm-hmm. Kwaku Aji on the show. Hey, y'all. Doing you good? How you doing, Billy? I was a little bit panicked about saying your surname, but I th- did I do all right? No, you could. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to say it. You were on the money, so no, it's good. Quacko, actually. It's, it's four syllables. It is what it is. People butcher it. I just, I respond to Hollywood, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I've listened to enough ESSR to, to, I had it in my head, but I thought, um, as soon as I hit the card, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> ESSR is not a reference on how you pronounce my name. <laughs> Stephen Wilson still can't spell my name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I've had that same issue because us tracking, which is fine for most folk, but uh, when you get the telemarketers, yeah. um, uh, Mr. Scratching, uh, Strachan, oh, which go. I quite like, makes me feel like I could do Kung Fu. Uh, stricken, which this is, a, this is a very rubbish town. I was about <laughs> to say something different, but no, I'm not swearing twice in one day on recording. Welcome to my world, Billy. <laughs> so the first question is the same for everyone, though. You're not getting out of it. How did you get into pro wrestling? Uh, what got you hooked on wrestling? Oh, it was, I've just, when I was younger, like when I was back at primary school, so this was like the height of the Attitude Era. And I always, for me, what grabbed me was just like, I've always had a thing about music and entrances. I don't know what it was, but seeing with the attitude era, it wasn't the wrestling that really grabbed me. Although I did make an, make an attempt to do it, because basically in my family home, we have a massive beanbag. Like, everything happened in a beanbag. Like, you just slept in it. We did wrestling moves in the beanbag. It was just, it was huge. It took over the living room pretty much. Uh, so me and my brother would often just do things like swantons off the couch and stuff like that. My mom caught us a few times doing, like my brother gave me a powerbomb and she banned us from watching wrestling, which sucks, but <laughs> it is what it is. And since then, uh, so it was the case of like tr- when I was watching like Sky Sports, uh, see, we had to have cable in the house because our house is on a valley, so getting aerial reception was just non-existent, so you may as well not get a TV. So I was lucky that we got managed to get cable as soon as it was put down. And I was sneakily watching the Attitude Era whenever I could, and I just always loved it. And I, I think my mom now kind of regrets banning me from it because, of course, I was banned from watching it. And she thought we would get out of my system and no, now I work within it. So <laughs> it's going to just flipped reverse onto her. But I just always loved the entrances, the promos, uh, seeing like Stone Cold Steve Austin doing the thing with the beers. I always did it with cans of Coke. Like Co- Coca-Cola's my thing. So I always did it with a cans of Coke outside. Thought I was this badass Stone Cold Steve Austin guy. So yeah, that's how I just love and I just still love it. It's just the whole 
everything's big, brash, and everything. So yeah, that's that's why I got into it. Yeah, every I think every parent has at least once tried to do the banning. Uh, just it, it does not work. No. It does not work. Like, um, I'm sure you can look at yourself back then and you got banned. And if you're having kids of your own, at least you now know what not to do if you want to get them away from wrestling. It's just don't ban them. Maybe, I don't know, go to a live show, put them in the middle of the ring and hope for the best. <laughs> that's, that's one way to do it. Uh, yeah, I, um, well, for me, we didn't have things like, didn't really have Sky. We had Channel 5 on, on, on ITV Digital and then on yeah. Digital because, well, we were, we were, uh, uh, lucky, uh, but on digital had things like Channel Five, so I got WW Worldwide. Yeah, no, like Sky see, One. See, just because of where we stay, like um, the the house is on a valley, and then there's really tall trees, so like terrestrial TV was just very, very, very fuzzy. So it was ninety five or ninety six. They put down cable and. My dad put it in purely because he 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 likes watching football. He likes what watching sports and stuff. So he wanted to get in, in on that. So he he put the cable in. So we were. Uh, I was quite lucky that I was able to get to watch. Well. I got to watch it to a certain degree because <laughs> it's like the old school days of when you're trying to, trying to watch adult TV and you're you don't want your parents to catch it. This time it was me watching wrestling, <laughs> which is not as sordid, but at the time it was bad because my mom just didn't want us to watch it. Always, always find that it, I I wasn't I was banned from it briefly, but it's like what what am I gonna do, really? Um, yeah. But it was always the case where I'd be like, oh, I'll watch it. I only could watch it in the living room, so they knew what was on. And it would always be the case where I was watching uh, SmackDown or something, and I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this. And then the cat would come out and uh, and do something skimpy, and I'm just like going, it's it's Very. it's that, not I'm- all like this. <laughs> I bet you your cat was grassing on you at the time. I'm telling you, your cat was grassing on you. No, the, the cat. The cat. The cat. The it, was, it was grassing on you, I'm telling you. Oh, the cat, not the your cat. cat. The cat, all right. I don't know, maybe she was grassing on you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's all it comes up at the worst times. It's like, oh, oh, you like the wrestling? Come in and, oh, it's a bikini contest. No, no. It's not. It's fine. It's there's there's men as well. Doesn't make it any better. Uh, but anyway, so favorites growing up then. Steve Austin, you've already mentioned. Anyone else that kind of yeah. you gravitated to? Uh, Chris Jericho. I was back on Chris Jericho when he made his debut and uh, interrupted the Raw. I had this thing because obviously my name begins with K. So, like, all my MSN ad- addresses, all everything I had was Y2K or Y2Quacko. It, it was just, I was just big on Chris Jericho. It's quite, and he's still my favourite wrestler. Like, um, so the, it was Chris Jericho and Stone Cold Steve Austin that were my big, big people. And I just loved how Stone Cold would stunner like Vince McMahon. So he's basically stunnering his boss, which I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love the opportunity to stun their boss. So big characters reeled in for all the right stuff uh, yeah. and, and, and all that. So how did you get to watching indie stuff then? Uh, did you, was yeah. it Scottish you got to originally or did you go down to, to like English shows? How did you get into to indie wrestling? 
Yeah, it was weird because I took a long gap between um, like watching certain stuff at WWE. I took a big gap. Uh, basically, I watched WrestleMania 21, and for me, WrestleMania 21 was just one of was one of my favorite WrestleManias, if not my favorites. I know there's 17, but 21 was just right up there. And at that time, I just thought wrestlers peaked. It can't get any better, so I took a long gap. And it was up until 2014 and I was working at Shackley Students Union and I was working with a colleague of mine, Josh, who, who was at the ESSR as well. And he told me about like ICW Grado uh, and I saw Grado's video where he was welcoming Colt Cabana. And I just found it funny. It's just like, Cabana, it's yourself. I just found it funny. I, it, it was just hilarious. I loved it. So I watched that, and then I watched Insane Fight Club. So I went to my first ICW show. It was this annual square goal, number four. Uh, so I was straight in there, ABC, and I loved the atmosphere. I loved the energy. I lo loved the whole matches especially the cage match between BT Gunn and Wolfgang. So that that match will always stay with me. I'll absolutely just crackers to see. Like, for me, I'll, I'll always uh, went clubbing in ABC at, during uni. It was always the thing of Wednesday night, ABC, Friday night, ABC, Saturday, maybe the garage. So... When like going there, a lot of the times I've been to like Jelly Baby and all that stuff, the other proper nightclub events that happened at ABC, and you the disco ball always stuck with me. And seeing Wolfgang hanging at the top of this steel cage, so close to the uh, the disco ball, and then doing a swanton and almost kicking it mid flight, I was just like, this is cool. So I just. I just started going to ICW a lot more, and that's where I found out about other promotions such as like Source, Reckless Intent, Discovery, SWA, all those likes. So I just started going to more and more of them. I really got into it. So yeah, that was my kind of indie route in, if you like. And how did that lead to ESSR? Then it was just you, and Josh, that kind of cemented yeah. it, or how did it go about? Uh, so it was a uh, it was a brain fart of Stevie Wilson. Uh, so like I know Stevie from uni and Josh from uni, Stacy from uni as well. We kind of uh, and also David Hockney. We were all volunteering in, in the same kind of uh, dimensions at uni, and that's how we all got to meet. Because the only and that people I mentioned, the only two people that studied the same thing was Stephen and David, everyone else was, we were even different faculties, so, uh, well, I was the science faculty, so I did bi biological sciences, and Stephen and David did uh, mu uh, music, uh, maths, Stacey did community education, so she was very much the humanities and social sciences, and Josh was business, so we were all different faculties, pretty much, and uh, we just got together through volunteering, doing different things. They were all doing uh, Strapline Fusion Radio as well. So we just became friends and we all shared a passion for wrestling. Stephen had a wacky idea of, I'll form a podcast. So I, 
And you know the funny thing is, I didn't even get invited to the first show. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got pied. I got left out. Stephen always says I don't, he doesn't know I like wrestling. I was like, I like wrestling. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So, and it was my kind of thing with DJing. Like DJing, it's just so many transferable skills of. Like your life for music, uh, hearing, uh, editing, and talking a lot of crap. So <laughs> I used all those skills, and I became the producer. And yeah, they can't get rid of me. I'm so surprised you're saying like 2014 and that. I I had the same conversation I was speaking to Andy at Wrestle Ropes. I was like, I just assumed all these all you guys were there before I started doing. SWN or SWTV yeah. at the time, and I'm, I'm more and more realizing I I did a lot myself before anyone else. Yeah, no, <laughs> like literally, I saw when I when I, I came into the indie scene completely not knowing what was like I, I didn't even know the name of any promotion. I literally stumbled upon ICW because of. Um, my friend Josh showed me that video and then Insane Fight Club and stuff like that. So I literally had no idea. And then I knew of SWN. In fact, I knew of SWN before of other promotions that were out there because I saw you on Twitter and I saw what you were doing and I followed and I was like, this is pretty cool. Um, so I, I was just fresh-faced into the indie scene 2014 and I guess you could call me a mark now. <laughs> Uh, 2014, that means you got my, my highlights of, of things from Dundee. Uh, so, <laughs> so the, you started the podcast, so you're episode two then, you, when you finally got in uh, mm-hmm. for ESSR. How, how did you find, like, the roundtable atmosphere? Because I know for myself, there, there is, like, just trying to get that rhythm going. Was there a bit of teething problems to start off with? Um, yeah, I mean, you're always trying to find your feet. The, the thing that was undeniable was that Everyone had their own passions and everyone had their own take. So we would always respectfully debate and stuff. And for example, like me and David Hockney, like we both completely like the opposite ends of wrestling. Like he can sit there and like not like something and I'll be like, this is cool. So like I've had I've had a good ding dong with him on a show about a TLC match and it was Jerry the King Lawler versus The Miz. Now, he doesn't like that match. I love that match. I love that match. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, like, we have a good ding-dong about it. and it, it never gets personal. It's always just, like, uh, apart from, like, a little slagging, like, oh, you're wrong, yada, yada, yada. But, and, and that's the thing, uh, we all have our different opinions. Some have same opinions, but we always have a good constructive debate about it. Uh, but when it comes to the debating chamber, which I do love, that's when carnage is let loose. I really like that. That for that exact reason, um, I, I dip in and out of, of the SSR just not a time in the day to, to try and fill it. But um, I do like that everyone does have that. They're like not specialist topic, but they've they've got their little bit area of expertise. Uh, they've, they've got. This is my guy. I know everything about this particular mm-hmm. person. And next I mean, person will be like, I know everything had, about this guy. We had a Viscera Christmas special hosted by Gary and Ross. Like, how many, how many, I know there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there, but how many can you say would willingly have a Viscera Christmas special and then just go to town on it? And it was actually a great show. I mean, you don't have to love Viscera. It was just a funny show. And 
if you're out no opinion on Viscera, just listen to it. If you don't like Viscera, listen to it. If you love Viscera, definitely listen to it. So there you are. Uh, with world's largest love machine, I remember them well. <laughs> Even Bin Bag, uh, Viscera. Can't, can't be a bit of big, big, big daddy V himself. <laughs> I mean, how many people... Look at this suit he had to wear. Like, wrestling is a proper cardio... It's a cardio affair. I've ran the ropes twice in my life, and I was... I was a prune. I was, I was gassed at the end of it. This man's going out there doing it, a full leather suit. Come on, God respect him. That's the thing. I mean, we're not going to make a Sylvester podcast part two, but uh, <laughs> when, when, when you go through all of Gary his and attires, Ross right there are saying, "Make it, make it, make it." Uh, but if you go through his attires over the years, the world's largest love machine was always it was the best one because it was pajamas. He went from. The horrific stuff he was wearing through by Mabel. I had a, yeah. Did he have a mask at some point as well yeah. when he was Mabel? And then he had the bin bag. Oh. And then World's Largest Love Machine before eventually getting the, his, his chip suit oh. for, for the lads. Oh, see, see, I didn't know too much about Vistra, but see, editing that show, I got an education and I'll be thankful for that. <laughs> I, I, I got to see Big Daddy V, not Vistra, once in Aberdeen for a, a house show or a live show. So you've seen Vistra's chaps? I have seen his chaps and are I was impressive? third row. They are impressive. You were third row for Vistra's chaps? Yeah. Was, Gary and Ross right now are so jealous. I can feel it. I can feel them staring at me. Uh, I, I, Vistra's chaps. Um, so you go from the SSR. We'll probably skip back and forth to the SSR as we go because it's, it's kind of a big part of the story. But uh, they started ring announcing. So there's a big gap between that, obviously. But yeah. how do you end up ring announcing? Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, so I. I did a couple of ring announcing shows in Thai boxing, so I'm heavily involved at Strathclyde Student Union, and what they do, and they do a lot of diverse things because they've got a lot of like clubs and societies and stuff, so annually they have a Thai boxing event, and it's a big event where they fill out the place and they get students from basically different unis, so there's Strathclyde, Cali, Glasgow, Stirling, Edinburgh, and we don't like Glasgow, it is what it is. And they all just have an interfight. So usually there's about 18 fights on the card. So it's a big event. And the president of Matai at the time basically wanted a ring announcer. I didn't know where to go. And he was at one of my DJ events and somehow like the sound of my voice liked that I have a bit of I could give a better crack and stuff, and he just at, he just PM'd me on Facebook, and I was just like, "Why not? What can go wrong?" And it was did a couple, absolutely loved it. It was good fun, and it was from there that um, there was a show for Source and at Mount Vernon, and that was my very first wrestling ring announcement. I was asked to uh, ring announce that show. Absolutely loved it, and yeah, I just got more and more bookings from Source, and then Source became Reckless Intent, and then from Reckless Intent, I also got because of Fierce Females, and then from there, I got just before the pandemic, I got booked on Scottish Wrestling Alliance, which was a great, great show. So yeah, that's how it just kind of started. It was just like a snowball effect after effect on that one, and of course the. 
you, you do end up having a little bit of banner, like you say. So, is there any particular highlights for for uh, wrestlers trying to to break you or anything like that during the shows? Uh, yes, I do. I have a few stories. I can maybe tell you something from behind the scenes. So, um, Michael Chase at Re- uh, Reckless Intent would torment me absolutely torment me he was he was one for a good rib and it, oh, what a class man michael chase is and <laughs> i can tell you once mate so <laughs> deacon awesome has a it's like a muscle massager thing to dis- dissipate like lactic acid so it's got a the only way i'm describing it right so it, it holds like a drill and at the end, it's got a rubber like ball thing, and it spins around to basically massage, massage the um, massage the muscle. So I'm announcing the pre-show, and I'm at the back uh, behind the curtain. I'm announcing, and right as I'm going, no, I don't even know who I was announcing at the time, but I was doing a long stress, and I just feel at the back of me this drum going into me, and I'm a very tickly person, and it took everything in me not to go ah like that. It was, it was so, it was so mortified, but it was so funny. It was so funny. Um, who or oh, Alexander Darren McAllen? Oh, he likes uh he likes to get you good. Wait, so when you're out in the and. His that man, like he, he is just the epitome of what presence in a wrestling ring is. The way he carries himself, the way he does his like his promos are just like they're sublime. There's no other ways to say that. Like uh, he he's just amazing. The, the way he walks in the ring, the presence he, and his music, the everything is just an occasion with Alexander Darwin McCallan. I mean, his name, the way he walks, his music, his promos, the way he wrestles, just everything's an occasion. And that man should be booked everywhere, in my opinion. And he, there's times where he would just do a little side fight, and it's just something little that you may not notice. And and I'm just like try not to zombie in the ring but he's just the way he is it's just he's a great guy and and he's always great uh, behind the scenes really supportive of people and 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 now he's doing taking classes at source which is always great to hear and that that to me is a game changer because you would notice that a lot of people, especially the way he carries himself, as I was saying, you would notice that big step up in the level. And there's so many people that say he's made me step up in this way. And yeah, he he's he's another one that likes a wee rib. Um, we'll, we'll probably I hope, hope we'll get more stories like that mm-hmm. as we go along. But I uh, just to pick back to to ESSR. So of course, um, we did you did the podcast roundtables and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you started dipping into the Scottish stuff as well. So of course, it would be nice to you because that would have been the common ground for everyone, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, and then you did interviews. So what was it like uh, like going watching these shows to arranging speaking to wrestlers? Because I know for myself. It's a little bit daunting seeing these guys. Oh, no, it is. Them. No, it absolutely is. Plus, see, like going into interviews, like, see, for me personally, when I go into interviews, I'm always, there's always a big nervousness about me because I'm always thinking of what I want to achieve from the interviews and I hope I achieve it. And I 
another thing of I hope I don't ask the wrong thing. I hope I ask the right thing to get the right information and also make get that unique thing uh, and talk from a rest. Because the thing is, though, Daryl, we've uh, interviewed a lot of insightful people and we have really great interviewers that have got that great insight. But you, you do always go in and we've had interviews with names across the world like we've interviewed uh, for example Nick Aldis was a, a big name we get invited onto now AEW at media calls for example and quite often it's with Cody Rhodes which is uh, always awesome to hear that you get invited and what I love is that because we're a big group it's not like one person does this all the time it's like it's always been different people so for example on the Cody Rhodes uh, media call three different people have had an opportunity to speak and ask questions to Cody Rhodes which I just think is just awesome and um, me for example I'm too nervous to talk to Cody Rhodes I, I saw him and uh, Brandy at uh, Order United in Edinburgh and when I saw them walking past I was just like <coughs> So I'm, I'm like, I can't talk to Cody Rose because I go up at starstruck by them. So, yeah. That, I suppose the advantage of having, like you said, that big group that everyone kind of gets a go uh, yeah. at, at doing these things. Is, is there any, was, was there anyone you kind of tried to, what, that you brought into the ESSR uh, specifically because of their, their passion or is it just a, a committee thing or, or Stephen just goes right here in and that's um, it? So, yeah, we have had, like at the moment where, well, by the time this goes out, we may well have, uh, we're having our recruitment um, drive at the moment. So we're always trying to bring in new voices and new opinions and stuff. And uh, for me, my criteria is, do you love Teddy Long? Yes. Okay, you're in. <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> as, as long as you love Teddy Long, you're in with my, my opinion. I don't, I don't care about anything else. If you love Teddy Long, you're in. <laughs> so... Uh, like where we always have that kind of diverse voice and people have so many different skills. So like our uh, recent people that have just come in, uh, the most recent would be like Daniel Campbell, who is an absolute genius of wizard on video editing. And he's, he's ran away with our new series of Quiz Showdown, where basically we took the pandemic and recorded over... Um, video link basically doing wacky quizzes like our quizzes are always these big things and usually ends up with someone in tears and um, mainly me from laughing because I've come in last place and I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just stuff like that Jack Graham has run away with it like he's been doing a lot more hosting for example Saturday Draft Live and uh, those are the, like the two uh, recent people that have come in and yeah they've just run away with it so hi uh, it's we've, we always have committed people that and they just have different passions from like talk about WCW in the early noughties, 90s and Chris Murray who does a lot of stuff with radio production so we have a lot of that experience. Ryan Gallagher for the banter he's always great on the banter another producer as well uh, Ryan Wilson has insights. He's always funny. So the two Ryans together is absolute carnage. You you shouldn't book them on a show together, but it just works. <laughs> That's absolute carnage. And you got Sarah. I mean, Sarah is 
you know of Sarah, she, my co-host on Album the Graps, show I love, and she does a lot of interviews. Stacey does a lot of great things as well. She's very knowledgeable in the indie Scottish scene and the Bella Twins. So, I mean, if you need the Bella Twins in your life, so Stacey is definitely up there for that. Uh, you're just proving a point here <laughs> with it being everyone having their little um, yeah. like, area. Uh, but no, the, the recruitment drive, I after after raging this uh, interview with yourself, I end up putting my name forward just mm-hmm. because. Why not? Why not? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah I've spent I've spent the last year and a bit doing this, and I'm, I need I need pals. That's pretty much. Do you, do you, do you like Teddy Long? Uh, of course I do, player. <laughs> You've got I'm my in. vote. You've got my vote, player. <laughs> You've got my vote. <laughs> uh, but but no, it's, it's, it's a case of I, I do these. I've, I've somehow I've ended up doing between this untitled SWN Live, mm-hmm. Sharp Dojo. I've done too many podcasts. Wrestle Ropes. Um, I've done about like 150 probably at this point. So I'm just like I, I need pals to speak to while I'm doing this. See, the, I will give you serious kudos, right? Because. The work you've put in for, like, y- your website and going through your Twitter and stuff is always an education for me. And I always get references and stuff that, for example, say if I'm interviewing somebody from the uh, Scottish wrestling scene and I want to get some of their early matches or early ca- characters and early things, like, I always go to SWN uh, just to get some references and stuff. So the work you've put in for the years... Like it should, it should I, I personally think it, as, as it goes unnoticed sometimes of how credible and how great you've put in. And I, I can only thank you for that, Billy, to be honest with you. Like, I think you deserve serious kudos for what you've done and keeping a reference in Scottish wrestling, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's, that's all I do it for, just for kudos. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a thing as well. With when I say kudos, I mean maximum respect. So <laughs> you've got maximum respect for me, and like no, honestly, you the work you've done is phenomenal. So no, you should be proud. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, I've done this since 2012. I started doing all mm. this, so it's it's oh god, it's ten years next year. That's well. That's are you going to have a big birthday bash? Well, I did a birthday bash bash for my for the podcast for my actual birthday earlier in July yeah. and it was a disaster it was amazing but it was like it was one of those beautiful disasters where uh, I arranged it it was supposed to have nine like eight guests in total mm-hmm. and then half of them had to pull out because ICW were doing tapings so I can officially say ICW pulled talent from my podcast uh, whether they'll admit it or not uh, but yeah so then I had to get in draft I got another people and I thought fine that's great and then three more came out I was like, okay right and I got to like five. And I was like, I'm not bothering now. This is it. This is the guys I've got. And <laughs> it was there was a good laugh. It was mostly like uh, Brody Adler having a meltdown. It was a particular highlight because she was losing so badly. <laughs> and and uh, Alistair Adams doing the Steiner Math promo. So if you want, anyone wants to go to the Day of Birth Bonanza episode, you get Alistair Adams doing the Steiner Math promo in full, word for word. So I've got know. see because now you're met. Those two are absolute. Like I, I can't put them high enough on a pedestal. Those two people there at Brody Adler, Alistair Adams, they'll um they have bright futures. And I would actually like to touch on Brody Adler because I remember announcing a source origin show, and those are like the shows where it's in the source school and 
um, you usually have a, a, deb, a someone debuting on their first show. The, the, her debut was like it was like standing remotely, like people. There were people sitting, but there was people standing all around. So it was just, it was just absolutely nuts. And <laughs> when, when she came out, the roar, like the, there was a proper roar and pop. And I'm trying to announce, and I'm shouting to the like the the hinge end of where I can shout, and I can shout. I mean, there's people that said that. They've heard me at the opposite end of the hydro shouting, so I can shout, but I, I just in my head, I can't hear myself. So I was like even going more nuts and nuts. And wow, what what a um, debut she had, and she's running away with it. It's just a shame the pandemic obviously hit, but I think the momentum's still with her, and now she's gonna go on and be awesome. To be to be honest with you. She's definitely been smart enough to just keep her name out there, doing things oh, like yeah. the podcasts and, and what have you in our ridiculous tur- tournaments of dooms. Um, <laughs> but speaking of... of oh, by the way, I still want a Stewart's inquiry on that one. <laughs> how, oh, was, was how, that... how Team Swag and KOE, baby. Honestly, Billy. Honestly, Billy. <laughs> I, no, if it, I couldn't believe it. Out of any match to, to muck up and put it for a poll for a day instead of an hour it had mm. to be KOE I just thought oh god they're just going to absolutely rinse me for a bit <laughs> I've messed this up you, you know King Killer wants to kill you quick literally <laughs> he literally he literally wants to kill you so I'm holding him off from you for now so I, I think he's slightly happier that you're interviewing me but I, I I think he still wants to kill you, to be honest with you. Alexander Darwin McCallum just wants to kill everybody, me included, so you're dead anyway from him, but yeah, King Killer definitely wants to kill you. Uh, when I spoke to ADM, it, it nerfed me how nice he was. I was just like, I think I said to him after the recording, I was like, I, it, I thought you were going to be like, not that nice. <laughs> you were just like, the sweetest person. And I was like, that was just terrifying for me. If any anyone that I've spoken to that comes out as this big baddie, and I'm like, and they're like, "Oh, how you going? How's it doing?" And that's oh. what I talk about with him in his wrestling because I'm sure he'll forgive me for saying this. Away from the ring and stuff, he is genuinely just the nicest fella, just caring, and he's just a great guy all round and helps so many people. But when he's in, like, he still scares the hell out of me. I know he's not gonna well. He will kill me after this, but he scares the hell out of me just the way he carries himself, and it's, it's just the mark of a professional and team KOE. So Kai Williams can can kill her uh, after they finish killing you. Like those guys are just doing bits right now, and they always have been. And I, I just love the way they, especially the tag, their co- combination tag team moves. It's just so phenomenal to watch and. Their high flying power moves, everything. They're just absolutely great lads. So yeah, I'm excited for their future as well. I know. I, I, I think I'm, I'm on Kinkle's list many times. So I think I forgot the rest of the <laughs> tag champions at some point as well. And it was just I had a disaster that particular tournament with, with them. Uh, it was just every round that I got wrong, it was there. It's always their match. <laughs> uh, but speaking of folk, they, they've quite kept their their uh, name out there and someone that's very close to yourself of course uh, Toasty I mean Emily Hayden uh, so yeah. of course you have this, this interesting relationship with Emily Hayden how, uh, how yeah that's that, one way of saying that I suppose yeah how did that kind of <laughs> come about 
Oh, so Emily and I, like, so essentially, so, uh, on ESSR, the, the first time I got around to know Emily Hayden was ESSR, we did our all-women show, so uh, something that we were always conscious about is the we with a big group, we always want to have diverse thoughts, but with diverse thoughts also comes diversity and the people makeup that we also have. And that's something we've always been addressing and still being addressing and still and that's still an ongoing thing that we're always in fact we're never gonna stop addressing because we always feel that there should be a diverse of opinion in people. So she got involved in our all women's show. Uh, I, I know where this is leading, so I might as well just kick it off. <laughs> uh, I was I was hoping to avoid it, but oh well. It was like it's been almost uh, a year and a half since it was last mentioned. So oh well, here we go, breaking the fourth wall and all that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, from that show, Sarah interviewed Emily Hayden, and had I known at the time that was kind of like letting. Um, two kids in the candy shop with all the jars opened and the absolute carnage those two unearthed and I was sat editing it (laughs) and 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 like to be fair to them it was actually a really great interview and you could just tell that they were like really pally and good comfortable with each other so it was one of the great interviews Uh, however there there became a time where they were talking about Kings of Catch and how at the show, it was kind of like both of them were, uh, it, it was after one of the Respect Pro Wrestling shows where uh, Aspen Faith betrayed Lewis and pinned him for the belt. But um, before the show, like before they went into wrestle, they both came over and fist bumped me because I had a Filthy Generation t-shirt on. And it kind of started where they were talking about how uh, Kings of Catch would fight over me. But they decided they would have a match to decide it. They were just talking about it. And then the match they decided was going to be Quacker on the pole. And I'm sure some of you may have seen this on Twitter. Why this became a thing, I do not know. Because I was just like, no, not happening, not happening. So it was decided that uh, (laughs) Kings of Cats were going to have a fight over me. Quack on a pole, and luckily it was vetoed. I vetoed it, and uh, Kings of Catch also vetoed it. So yeah, definitely wasn't happening, and it never happened, and it never will. So, boom. So, so what you're saying is there's a chance of uh, Quack. <laughs> never say never in this game. It, it will happen on the 31st of February. Read into that what you want. Uh, hang on, does that clash with Southpaw Regional Wrestling? Uh, <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you, you've had a bit. Some there's been some moments, uh, of course, on on that, and, and like you said, uh, Alba Grugraps as well with yourself and Sarah. Uh, again, oh, was that... I love see doing Alba Grugraps, right? Sarah and I have. <laughs> I mean, we even started the show with an argument because when we when we we set up in the studio, we were set up and everything. We we're gonna. We, we, we knew what we were going to talk about and stuff. And then it came to the point of, what are we going to name this show? And then we were just like, hmm. So we literally planned all the logistics. I even had music thought out, right? Which Sarah totally agreed to. 
with a little, a little bit of peer pressure for me. Basically, I selected the trans remix to Braveheart because growing up watching Scottish football and Sky Sports, that was always the theme. And I loved that theme tune because that really got me up for watching, I'm going to say it, Celtic. So I loved that theme and I wanted that in. So I gave Sarah just a little bit of peer pressure and she agreed unanimously she was like quacker that's the best music that was the best thing you've ever thought of and i thought yeah hell yes totally not the case but oh well uh, and we just we just didn't know what to name it it was just like a drawn board of ideas that we both and like we would i would say this she would be like nah she would say something i was just like nah and then i was just like we we just uh, even after the show we just like we don't know what to name it. So the name first show was just literally unnamed. And we, uh, from a suggestion also from Stephen, we kind of decided to just put out on Twitter and see, get people to name the show. And then we put out a poll and not quack on a poll, a proper poll. Uh, and <laughs> we, we see before the poll, we kind of liked Alba Graps because it just, the name like it's a play on Alba Gra and Graps Wrestling so we kind of like hoped that that won it and <laughs> I think <laughs> I mean this is, this is where the dictatorship came in off the Scott Rails won right and then we just looked at each other and went Alba Graps <laughs> so we ran a pointless poll I mean Billy you know all about polls and not working out right don't you <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I have to get that in <laughs> so I, I remember there was something about sausage roll as well that seemed to be to, yeah. to come into the conversation I don't know how ever I mean this is all stuff <laughs> off Twitter but like how sausage roll in there well See, that's to be fair, right? Because Alba Graps, right? I have this thing, right? And anything I do media wise, I'm always chasing a sponsorship. I need a lucrative sponsor. So we like what we would do is when we're recording Alba Graps, we would record it in the afternoon before all the other ESSR panelists would come in for the main show at about five o'clock. So <laughs> we would quite often the not just get uh, some sausage rolls from Greg's or something and we've made a point to say that um, Mr and Mrs Greg's because apparently I, I don't know what the CEO is called but I'm assuming I'm assuming if you're gonna have a big big company you'll name it after yourself at least I don't know I'm not in business and um, so <laughs> we were trying to chase a sponsorship so I think that's where the sausage rolls came in but nah Greg's didn't sponsor us so off it went. How, how dare they? Uh, yeah, so I've got some fan questions. We'll just, we'll just drive into them for a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, Sarah has asked to plug AGG, which yeah, done. like yeah, and Alba Graps for the win. I mean, uh, my partner in crime in that one, Sarah. Yeah, we're holding it down. I think we're still on the lookout for Iron Cassidy. And um, like our, um, because we're the best friends of uh, wrestling podcasts, so we need like our uh, not Orange Cassidy, but Iron Cassidy, like Iron Brew Cassidy. So it's like our Scottish take on it. So we're still on the hunt for our Iron Cassidy, which we've not thought of a role for them, but let's be honest, it'll probably be a silent role of just like. 
Well, I mean, if, if I get through the application stage, I'm in. I'll, I'll easily take that role. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, if you're up in Elgin, we'll just see what cuts to Iron Cassidy up north. <laughs> what do you think? These more wrestle zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could be like the wrestle zone ca- uh, correspondent. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the shows. There was, there was only, what, like four episodes or something like that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, just time. timing. COVID-19 decided Albuquerque Graps shouldn't happen for a while, so it is what it is. <laughs> we'll get back to it, but uh, right, we'll so be back. We'll be that. back. Speaking of sponsorships, uh, Alan, of course, is, is uh, when are Adidas going to get together and offer you a sponsorship deal? Honestly, Alan, your guess is as good as mine. Like, I mean, I've even come out equipped, attired and stuff like that. So, like, um, I have this people that know me are a big thing for Adidas like I'm wearing at least two or three items of Adidas at one point and yeah, I even want a kilt and a suit made out of Adidas if I can it's, it, it's just I don't know why I just love Adidas it's just my thing and it's gotta be originals it's, if it doesn't have the Trefoil logo on it I don't want to know it's gotta be Adidas that's what I remember. We have met. We met once, uh, of course, in, in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that you, you go, you're banging on about your Adidas uh, gear. I do remember mm-hmm. that. That's why I tagged them specifically in the post. <laughs> that, that was genius, by the way. Uh, by the way, I did not ask for that. That was just genius, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll take my Adidas hat off to you for that one. <laughs> Uh, I, I've tried. I'm trying to be clever with, with who I'm targeting things. Mm. I know they'll never reply, but I think one we had a conversation about the Rock in episodes. So I tagged him in it, thinking, "You never know. This could, this could happen." No, never did. Damn the Rock. <laughs> Alan's also asked. Uh, now that shows are coming back, is the office of Doctor Jerry open for appointments? It's Doctor Quacko. See, this is this is the problem, right? This is Emily Hayden. This is what I talk about with letting the kids in with the cat in the candy shop with the lid open. It is Doctor Quacko, uh, but and also like that <laughs> that sketch. I just loved doing that. That was just so funny. And um, I should probably bring some context for those that haven't seen. Like, so with fierce females, there was uh, there was a bit of a fight for Toasty. Uh, between Emily Hayden and Amy Alonzi. A, a very good platonic friendship with a household appliance of Toasty. Uh, and I hosted a segment of a show where I was Dr. Quacko. And by the way, <laughs> that, that name was just done on the cuff by Amy Alonzi. And I almost, when she called me Dr. Quacko on it, I almost burst out laughing because we didn't know what to, the, the segment was going to be called. And it just became Dr. Quacko because of that. And I almost lost it. So uh, yeah, I got my, I got my calling and uh and a uh, talk show host and yeah I'd love to do more. Dr. Quacker is available for booking. Get in touch at Mr. Quacker Aji. I probably should change my Twitter handle to reflect that, but I will. That's what, I mean that's in our show and the SSR started as well. You can just bring in someone each week and just hear listen to their problems. Uh of course, in a, in a hilarious way, because well, it would be quite sad if it was actual problems. <laughs> and, and a serious, serious public service announcement. If you have issues or anything and you come to me for advice, you're doomed. 
Yeah, but yeah, Doctor Quacky available for for everything from just sending pictures of your ailments. He'll he'll give you. A, don't. I, I suggest don't do that. <laughs> don't send him pictures. Hey, of my your door's rashes. always open. <laughs> just. <laughs> I'm just imagining people going. I have this rash for a while. I'm not really <laughs> sort it. God, I know a guy. <laughs> um, We've got Alex Webb, who we had a little bit of a chat before we about before we hit record, but uh, but I thought no no we'll, we'll stop speaking about him now because we're going to probably pick him up now. Uh, so he's asked well before a good context. So when we were doing the one of the tournaments, of course Alex was involved and he he uh, he drafted yourself in as his ring announcer as his mm-hmm. valet, um, not valet. No, I'm going with that with that. Your yeah. valet, his valet, and uh, your job was to to. Just to see who the subscriber count was. Uh, so that's the context. Alex has asked, "Have you been staying up to date with his sub count?" I have been. Um, there was a there's a backstory before that as to how that came about. So uh, his subs was. I mean, I've, I've, every time I've been checking it, okay, once right now, um, I'm like. Because I need to give you context of where it started to where it is now, right? So to give you a perspective, his subscriber at the time of recording is 40,000, 40.8,000 subscribers, which is, I mean, mind-blowing. And it's, like, mind-blowing in the sense of that's amazing. Like, wow, um, 40,000 people are subscribed to his YouTube channel. And he's doing a lot of content and they're great stuff. So you should definitely check it out. Um, but it started off in a reckless show, so <laughs> and so Jetstream Jack and uh, Rob Mills were we were all just chatting and like they just said, "Oh, did you know Alex Webb has got a YouTube channel?" I was like, "No, I did not." And I got and I got shown it, and I was just like, "Oh no, he does." And at that stage. He had like one point three, one thousand three hundred odd subscribers, and <laughs> Rob Mills pulled me aside and said, "You should for a laugh." And as you're announcing him, say weigh in at one thousand YouTube subscribers. So I, I so I, I said to, I, I said at the end of his announcement, I was like. From the um, from the fair city of Perth, Scotland, representing the fair city Saints, it's at this point he's asked me to inform you that you should subscribe to his YouTube channel. So I say that, and he just points at me and goes, "No, I did not." <laughs> <laughs> and that was a total rev at the time, and I think he's realised the market's an opportunity of like. Hmm, maybe I, I should use that. So uh, I now announce him as weighing in at X amount of YouTube channels or wherever the time was. Uh, when he's with um, Stephen R. Miles and the Fair City Saints, I say the combined weight of X amount of pounds and <laughs> this X amount of YouTube subscribers. <laughs> and now, now, at this time of recording, I mean, by the time this goes out, it'll probably be about 40 million or something like that. I don't know. But at this time, it's 48,000 uh, creeping on to 41,000. I'm just like, wow. So, oh, by the way, it is at this point, I should ask it you to inform you that you should subscribe to Alex Webb's YouTube channel. 
That's what I loved about every time I put up an Alex Webb match, you just reply straight away going, I must inform you to, to subscribe. It's k It's k Loved it. I loved it. I, I liked. I loved how all these polls. It started off as a, just a. It was a. It was a mick take of five star wrestling, which you know anyone who listens to this podcast often enough, you know, I get mentioned five star somewhere in this ep- in episodes, because of their 128 tournament man tournament that never happened and got cancelled because of a terrorist attack. Um, and then, yeah, that's that was a year of my life doing tournaments. There we go. There we go. Uh, so, so yeah, Alex Webb, definitely check out. He's, he's done a, a recent video about um, his first few matches, and there is there. It's entertaining is, to watch. Yeah, especially see see that hairdo he had. I don't know if it was like a busted or a one or whatever. That 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 fringe that that fringe should have a YouTube channel of its own. I know the, the fringe and toasty could form a tag team and probably done right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Storm Malone's also thrown in some questions uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get the rest of the questions in here um, favourite use of the word jackass <laughs> uh, I probably should give context so <laughs> it was an ICW show and I don't know where he even started it was definitely all Storm Malone uh, do you remember Happy Gilmore the, you will not make this pot, you jackass. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think my favourite use of it was Ravy Davy. He was up on the turnbuckle and I, I think he was going to do coast to coast as told me. It's like, you will not make this job, you jackass. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I did as soon as I saw the, the, the question, I was like, I'm I'm hoping it's a happy Gilmore thing, but that's just made it all the better. Just just <laughs> I'm just heckling Ravy Davy. <laughs> oh, it was just so funny. It was just so funny. <laughs> it's just like everything was you <laughs> you <laughs> that one was definitely the funniest oh, oh. It, was, it was just little throwaway stuff <laughs> you do quite like a heckle at shows if I find oh, I mean <laughs> they're just fun. just not the ones that are personal obviously but uh, you did get some really good <laughs> good ones and I love it when someone heckles and then the wrestlers play on that and then they use it to kind of enhance their character. Somebody who's really good at that is someone like Matt Daly who <laughs> I, just, I just have a lot of time for uh, Matt Daly and uh, Scott McManus when they're doing their work in men's club. I just think it's just so funny. They're, they're touching on the wrestling that I love. I just the more the more silly the wrestling, the better for me. Like uh, just going around with hard hats, quoting health and safety and wrestling and stuff. I just they're just absolute geniuses. And uh, a lot of the time when they're doing promos and. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of say something and oh I just uh, one promo that I remember was they were about to fight Anastasia and Sammy Joe and 
man daily discourse. Everybody wants to talk about women's rights. What about men's rights? <laughs> and everyone was just like creased with laughter. And they were like, just like, oh, no, don't go there. Don't go there. And it was so, their microphones were cut. And they just played along with it. Because, uh, it was just so genius and funny. And like, what they do to, like put over their matches, put over the people they're wrestling, and just the comedy in between. Is, they're always entertaining to watch, and um, two guys that are just you. Know, you always see them hard working behind the scenes. They like they're just things like building up the rings and and being the solid foundation behind building up what Source is. Those two guys just. They're just amazing people and and both inside and outside the ring, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so as far as heckling, if I remember rightly, if you watch anything on ICW On Demand and there's a Jackie Polo match or Polo Promotions, we're going to hear your voice somewhere Maybe. in the bowels of, of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what uh, my uh, ESSR and uh, one of my good friends, Alan McLucas, would always say is that I could hear you from like he always, I mean, Alan's loud at the best of times, but I know I'm louder when I want to be louder. But yeah, uh, he always chins me for how loud I am and stuff like that. So yeah, as what it is. Um, so I mean, like I said, there's there's no really set structure to this. So I'm going to throw in our stupid questions. We'll get rid of them out of the way, so we can speak about more cool stuff mm-hmm. like wrestling. Uh, what's your favorite dinosaur? Oh. I am the worst geek ever. I have to probably go with a standard T Rex. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a geek for certain things like cars and wrestling, but see, when it comes to sci fi and stuff, and like, I'm not too big, unfortunately. So I have to go with the, I have to go for the boring missionary T Rex. Classic. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's so the classic. <laughs> Uh, the, the other stupid question we ask people is, what would be in the fight, two sheep or one cow? Oh, I know about this one. You uh, do know about this, because I'm fairly certain it was an ESSR interview yeah. that I heard this first fast. <laughs> it was looking Sharp and Krager who have strenuous debates about this said thing. And I was actually in the studio, so it was Scott McLeod who was interviewing them. And <laughs> I, was just in the, I was just working the mics and stuff. My honest opinion, I think two sheep will win. And it, the reason is, is because, right, I've thought about, I've had years to think about this, right? So a cow, yes, is a big thing, right? However, sheep can be nasty little people. So they would be nibbling away at the ankles and stuff. And when you get into the ankles of the cow, the cow will, won't be able to move. So it will just lie down flat. And then the sheep can just nibble away. The cows don't really have any, like, battering abilities or anything like that. So, yeah, two sheep. What, what, you, what side of the fence are you on on this? Uh, two sheep. I've, two al- sheep. I've always been, since this question was posed and I've answered it, it's two sheep. Uh, I knew uh, you were a smart man. It, it's, <laughs> it's not just pretty face. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not changed. I've, uh, the, how they're going to win has changed. Originally, I thought the sheep would kind of coerce the cow up a flight of stairs because of course the cow could go upstairs but it can't go down and then it would just leave it to die but uh or push it off like it was very organized these sheep 
But initially, I'll see that she push a cow down the stairs. That's an episode of EastEnders I've never seen. But, but as as the as the way's gone on, I've had people that, that know a butcher or they've they've worked in, in in the butchers or they've worked with a farmer, and they all have their own opinions. But no, I'm still I'm still believing in these two sheep that they would beat this cow in a fight. Um, maybe we're just gonna have to settle it. I, 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 I've asked everyone since Looking Sharp episode this question. I've only felt bad about asking it once. And it was with Dennis Law, who's a vegetarian. As as we had a very long conversation about him being a vegetarian, then I asked, what about a fight? Two sheep or a cow? <laughs> Just go for it. Floor <laughs> is yours. Um, anyway, the third question that we now, I think we're going to add to our canon, is Stone Malone's favourite McFlurry. Oh, right, okay, so... the. I've got a big issue because I am dairy intolerant, so I can't, I can't have so um, my chicken sandwich plain. <laughs> you're, you're risking it for McFlurry. That's, that's fair. That's, that's absolutely fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, unfortunately, I'm not blessed. Um, I'm dairy intolerant. I'm also allergic to nuts. So yeah, it kind of sucks. I you know. I mean, my next my next big segment was about about. Uh, the ice cream, so I kind of, kind of screwed. <laughs> well, I can have, I can have certain ice cream. So I know I can, I can have Walls ice cream, like vanilla ice cream, because they have lactose reducing agents to be boring and all that stuff. So can okay, imagine when you're out date night with a girlfriend, you're like, oh, fancy, fancy. Then you're like, is that Walls ice cream? No, I can't have any. Can you imagine how romantic that is? <laughs> Get me the yellow one. Get me the yellow walls the, the ice yellow, cream. I, know, the, I want the yellow one. There you go. So, oh, well, we I could, we could talk about ice cream and I could just go, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely ice cream. That's, yep. that's an ice cream. <laughs> Sorbet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, Sorbet is quite good. Have you tried Iron Brew Sorbet? I've not, but I, I have. Should, I just, order, uh, I hate Sorbet. It's it pointless. It's try pointless. Iron Brew Sorbet. It will change your life. Um, I think as someone who can have dairy quite confidently, I've, I found Sorbet just yeah, a pointless thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can have dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me with a glass of milk. Look at just... me with all my milks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the wrestling. <laughs> That was a show. <laughs> Shout uh, out to the Rhines. Um, you, you do like to, tr- to travel about for, for shows, of course. Like I said, we, we, we met in Aberdeen, yeah, uh, yeah, one yeah. of your favourite places to be, of course, Yeah, uh, when it comes to, to going to see wrestling. Yeah. Uh, of course, you, you travel down to see NXT UK as well. Was it the mm-hmm. UK Championship Tournament that you were um, down for? No, it was the uh, Blackpool Takeover, so the last takeover I went to. Uh, I was going to go to the chap, uh, UK tournament, the second one, but uh, funds at the time weren't on point, but I went to Blackpool Takeover, which was just amazing. So I went there with Gary and uh, Gary and Alan, and uh, Alan drove us down there, and we got to see Undisputed Era in the flesh, so I'm so happy I got, because I love Undisputed Era. Obviously, now they're all split, and uh, one's been, well, one's been released. By the time this goes out, who knows what Vince McMahon's going to do more, which is such a shame. Like, I, know, I know I said that in that kind of way, but it's just such a shame what's happening with the releases and stuff. 
but I was just so happy to see that uh, and uh, got us booked up and the, the the guys will be shouting at me saying you need mention. So I was I was tasked with booking the hotel <laughs> uh, for for that show, and uh, for the risk of not getting sued, I booked a hotel called the Tulip Hotel. That <laughs> let's just say it's yeah, it's interesting. The hotel, I mean, I thought it was fine. It was clean, but yeah, it was. It was interesting. I mean, it was twenty quid to stay there. What, what, you're not exactly expecting Waldorf Astoria on Mayfair, are you? But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, they've they've not uh, they've still not forgiven me for it. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that show was just it was just amazing, and it turned out to be like a relaxed summer holiday because obviously a couple of months later. Covid happened and uh, yeah, it was. I just, I just loved that show from top to bottom. And seeing Wolfgang and um, Mark Coffey at the top of the ladder retrieving the tag team belts, and I went absolutely nuts holding my Scotland flag. I was loving it, and just having Wolfie pointing at the flag was just so. It was just the occasion was just so cool. I loved it. Is that the furthest you've been for for the wrestling? Um, yes, actually. Is it? Yes, because I did have plans to go and see Riptide in Brighton with Grant McCrobby, and then COVID happened, obviously. Uh, Riptide, like uh, Grant is, and also the podcast, just he he has a big thing for indie wrestling, whether it's in the UK, America, Japan. He he mentions indie promotions that you that you've never heard of. All these people, the the guy's knowledge is very fast, and he he went to All In, for example. So he went all the way to Chicago for All In, and the guy's wrestling brain is just so phenomenal. He's so passionate about it. And we both have a fit. Although he likes all these promotions, he loves Riptide and I love Riptide. I've seen videos of Riptide on YouTube. And uh, for me, who loves the comedic side of wrestling, it's just my perfect, it's just my jam. So I wanted to go down to the Riptide Rumble, um, but never had the chance to. Uh, so when things open it back up, I hope they come back and do the Rumble. And I'd love to go down there. Grant also wants to go down there. So, yeah, definitely like to hit up. Uh, so, before we, we, we get into to, I had the thing in my head and it's totally gone. Uh, COVID, that was it. Good COVID. Oh, yeah. Uh, before that. we get into that, uh, I know, how could I forget? Uh, <laughs> I was just I was just curious, like, of course, Simon Casty does a lot of the ring announcing down in the central belt. And I'm awful with geography. So if it's below Dundee, then I, I have no idea where anything is. It's but, funny because uh, if it's above Sterling, I don't know. <laughs> Between the two of us, we can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so have, have you been able to pick, have you picked like Simon's brain at all or anything like that uh, about how to how to put inflections on certain bits or have you kind of just been watching other ring announcers like the Fink and Tony Chimmel and trying to pick up bits and pieces? Yeah, like see, see with that, you always... It's you. You may call it plagiarism, but you call it research. So you always get, like, you always like notice. Like, see, when I go to like ICW, I notice the way Simon would position himself, the way he does certain things. And of course, it's always about. And the man does a really great job. Like, he's a 
a, a phenomenal ring announcer who I, I, I think the door of um, the likes of WWE UK is, is only one door away from him. And to be honest, that door is open already, in my opinion. Um, so uh, uh, you always you always have that. For me, my the people I always look up to with ring announcer, like, I, I used to be a, a boxer, so I always, and I love watching boxers, so always Michael Buffer, for example. So I have a very low, deep voice, so I do draw inspiration from him because he does have, when he's talk like when he's just talking, he has that kind of deep tone to him, but then he elevates himself, so it's known when to do that elevation to the, Ooh, I won't say it because he'll sue me for fifty grand. No. <laughs> well, not him, not, no. not him, not him personally. But he has some very good lawyers, <laughs> and so there's that one. Um, another, um, another one that I, that I, I really take a liking to. So, uh, current SmackDown ring announcer Greg Hamilton. I, I, I just think he's properly properly good the thing the thing he was doing was shane mcmahon and the best in the world i love that it was, it's just the whole character about it i love shane mcmahon and seeing greg hamilton being pushed to say best in the world and the way the whole that whole thing of pulling this time i love that so i draw a lot of inspiration from him as well and um you mentioned the think like the think is the og he's the He's a real wrestling legendary ring announcer. I mean, just from things like uh, new, like just that, for example, that uh, people from other cross brand sports have taken inspiration from. So, you, the with ring announcing, I've always tried to find my voice because you shouldn't be a, like an imitation of other ring announcers. However, I've got my own voice, but you always do draw inspiration on the way you change your levels and something I always like try and do is I try and kind of mimic the tone of the wrestler coming out so for example Alexander Darren McCallan he's very methodical in the way he talks so when I announce him in I try and mimic the pacing of way of how he delivers his promos because of the way he has his presence. So if I uh, say, if, for example, when I'm announcing that we, we measured him Alex Webb and the YouTube subscribers and stuff like that, he has a very different vibe towards Alexander Darwin McCallum. So in my head, I don't know if people would say the same, but in my head, it doesn't seem right to announce them at the same at the same cadence and pacing, whatever have you. So I do always try and uh, not so much mimic them, like be a parody of them kind of thing, because that's wrong, but try and emphasise the way they deliver what they do by kind of, so like in Alexander Darwin Callis' case, I would slow it down, like Alexander Darwin! And like, it's, it's really slow it down, whereas Alex Webb is a bit more fast-paced and still stressing things. It's also, it brings you... It gives you the crowd up to speed as well because not every show you're going to go to is going to be a crowd that goes to every show. So yeah. at least you, if you if you act, I don't know, scared for example, announcing someone, they know automatically, oh, this guy's a scared dude. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. So it is. It's um, everything. There's a layer to everything. And even at that, like, so what you said there, like, 
Uh, it's not just like ring announcers who I draw inspiration from. So people like Billy Kirkwood in commentating, like uh, who I think is just a phenomenal commentator. Commentator, like obviously he's funny, but the, his knowledge of wrestling and understanding of wrestling is just absolutely phenomenal. And the way he he. He he always he, he said this in his interview with uh, ESSR is that he always thinks about why should you care about this wrestler and he wants to portray and help uh, like uh, portray to the audience why you should care and he always makes you care because where and it's with different wrestlers of different elk of different characters he always makes you want to care as to why this guy does this why this person does that. Um, yada 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 and he does his research and he asks them like what what is there certain things you want me to put over for example and it's all it all works and ties in and it makes you realize like why you should be bothered about this person doing this in this certain way so you know, see like when I was talking about like my cadence with ADM that's where I draw that inspiration from as well so I'm always trying to think of what can I do um, what can I do and like because you're announcing a wrestler coming in so I'm always thinking what what can I do to help you help the audience know this is big if you know what I mean so that's that's just my take on it uh, so as far as COVID goes then uh, mm -hmm. shows just ended uh, they, they are kind of coming back slowly as of recording uh, there's there's live shows with crowds um which I'm so excited for. I cannot wait. I can't wait. We're like I've uh, I've already got some bookings in, and I can't wait for them. Um, so, um, I, I just it's, for me, it's like when I get booked to the show, I love it. It's great. But I also, as a wrestler, as I always take myself as a wrestling fan, and I, I just love watching wrestling. I love seeing these people do go out and do these amazing things. So, I'm just so excited. I can't wait. Best seat in the house as well. Yeah. Uh, so, Definitely. So COVID hit, booking mm -hmm. stopped, uh, of course, and then ASSR just went into overdrive. <laughs> it seemed to be, it was like three or three episodes a week going out. So it was that very conscious decision between everyone in the team going, right, there's nothing on. We're going to just put out some great content. We're going to do yeah. some specials. We're going to just keep everyone occupied yeah. uh, while this is happening. Um, see, with COVID, like, you you did notice that everyone in the arts and media side of things did a big step up, and it was mainly because people like let's be honest, right? I I of someone that comes from arts and media, I just feel sometimes we there's not enough when the chips are down. You rely on like our content to do, like, entertain you, make you laugh, make you cry, make you whatever, give you that emotion. I just feel that arts and media have that role. And sometimes, and uh, I think it's taken for granted, by example, to get all political by gover certain governments and whatever have you. So I just, I just feel like I was so proud to see when when the chips were down, people were in lockdown, and people were setting up studios in their home, trying to replicate what they do out on the roads and stuff, and more often than not, um, not getting paid for it, and um, some were getting tips, which is 
I think fair enough. Like, absolutely. But when the chips were down, these people at Arts and Media were still entertaining and more often than not actually putting out more content. So ESSR, we, uh, we were all in lockdown and some of us working from home, some of us on furlough, whatever have you, all diverse, totally different stories. So everyone just mucked in and we were just doing extra stuff and uh, keeping ourselves occupied and, and uh, hopefully entertaining some people. So yeah. We, we just uh, plodded on and uh, the commitment of everyone on the team is just phenomenal like uh, everyone's just put in a shift uh, as opposed to like they've got their everyday lives like, working from home but having to look after kids as well so um, kids being bored during the, uh, the pandemic as well and still committing time and um, Caring for loved ones that obviously caught COVID, uh, some uh, going through COVID themselves and stuff, and not everyone just mucked in and did their thing. Um, so yeah, I was really proud of the team and proud of everyone. That the fact that yeah, it was it was it was tried times for a lot of people, and not just it was tried times for everyone. And people that that's where you know the character of people. They just mucked in and put in a good shaft so yeah I was really proud of that. Uh, but you, you spoke about uh, Billy Kirkwood of course who just who just didn't seem to have a day off I was going to try, try and contact him to, to try and get him on the show and I'm looking at his schedule oh, like that, there's no chance I'm getting see, Billy. <laughs> see when you get that man and his re- like see when he's talking about wrestling and it's just the, the niche of the wrestling he knows about and like I, when I interviewed him, I got I got another education. Like that man is just, you, you, um, fill your boots with Billy, <laughs> fill your boots. So start start the interview early, so it's not may go through the night. <laughs> so so like I said, if all this stuff was happening with COVID, uh, how how did you keep yourself occupied? Of course, you had the SSR. Um, mm-hmm. you didn't have shows to go to though. So mm-hmm. were you? Going through back catalogue of watching old stuff, or um, were you getting into AEW? Were you getting into New mm-hmm. Japan? Was there anything? Did you were you expanding your horizon horizon a bit? Mm-hmm. I time? made I made a shed load of money on Grand Theft Auto. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during the pandemic, um, me, Daniel Campbell, Alan McLucas, and um, Dan's fiance Pam and we we kind of had our support group where we would go on Grand Theft Auto Online and just help each other with our businesses and um, hence why I now have the new nickname of the richest man in GTA because I have this thing where I would do it I would do like caning it in and building up my businesses on GTA and I just wouldn't spend my money. So <laughs> um, my current stats is they're at 270-odd million on GTA and I just love the game. I, I just properly love it. So, yeah, um, I've, I've just been doing that, obviously producing shows and I did a few online DJ shows as well. So that was that's always good fun because... And I'm very involved in student in Shaftesbury Student Union, so I was putting on shows for students, uh, and also a uh, UWS Union. I'm also involved there DJing and stuff. So I was putting on live Facebook uh, events for people just to come in and jam quizzes and. 
DJing and yeah, it's good fun. I mean, obviously it's not the same without the crowd there too. I, the one thing is I realised is how quickly I gassed like I was tired after uh, some of it so yeah, I don't need the crowd to kind of give me the, the oomph to keep me going so nah, uh, just different things to keep me occupied but mainly GTA <laughs> um, is Eli Bulwark I think who's got the same kind of pastime at the moment as well uh, the, the role playing one which is the same mm-hmm. thing um, I'm, I've go. discovered Fortnite so I'm now I also I got bullied into Fortnite. Oh yeah, I got bullied into it. <laughs> <laughs> I got bullied in, but the uh, yeah, I, I, I do like Fort. I do like my Fortnite, and I've now been buying all the emotes. So I have two two skins. I have the Celtic uh, Celtic player because I support Celtic, and I also have Marshmallow, and I like making Marshmallow do all the dancing and stuff like that. So yeah. My, mine's Captain America at the moment. As soon Captain as I got America. him, I was like, that's it, I've got Captain America, I don't need to buy anymore. Uh, but now they've got, uh, I think I've got a free guy event as of recording, so I'm yeah. hoping Deadpool's going to pop back into the into the store. And I'll, I'll I need to check out the item shop because, yeah, well, I, I, I thought that I had peaked when I got Sergeant Slaughter in the Celtic strip. So <laughs> I, I thought Fortnite's peaked at that point. And then Marshmallow came out, I was like, as a DJ, it'd be rude not to. So I got, <laughs> I got Marshmallow, and I like Marsh the Mellow Glider, the with the music and the way he dances as well. So, and uh, I first saw Marshmallow and and our Dutch friend, so a uh, Dutch friend of ESSR, Tom Brock. He had Marsh, he had Marshmallow, so I kind of stole it from him. So. Tom's my brother, so he allows me to plagiarize when I can. <laughs> of course, I forgot about Tom. I haven't seen Tom on, on the old Twitter machine. I don't know if he's just blocked me. Oh, have, but <laughs> Tom, Tom's my G. I got a shout out to the West Side crew. <laughs> he knows what that means. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, move um, on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm realizing I'm taking quite a lot of your evening up here. So we're just gonna, we're, we'll finish off with some things. Future. So, future, of course, you've got your own bookings. Is there anyone, any wrestler in particular that you would love to announce to the ring? Oh, Edge and get the old rated R superstar Tony Chilo, oh, mean, Undertaker, or just anyone. Teddy Long, <laughs> Teddy Long. Well, he 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 kind of doesn't need to announce. He just walks in and then announces a tag team match player. <laughs> so, uh, um, I can tell you who some of my favorite people are to announce. And, yeah, go for that. Yeah, I feel like um. I've got to give props to Sarah Marie Taylor, who literally gives me the longest ring announcing. And I know she's going to be asking me, have you remembered it? Have you remembered it? Yes, I have. So she's the first lady of Scottish wrestling, the human form of the 100% emoji, the Khaleesi of the chick kick, and representing Cirque du Lit, uh, Sarah Marie Taylor. There you go. Just, just, just off the cuff, don't bother. Wait, but <laughs> I know, I know she'll be saying there's one thing you've missed, and I probably have, and it'll hit me when this goes out. But, uh, um, and I just remember see, see the first time I announced that it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was at a fierce female show, and uh, source uh, referee Graham for Hill, he just whispered to me, he's like, 
You remember all that? <laughs> I was trying my best not to laugh because, yeah, she she's one of my favorite. And Brody Adler is always because the crowd's always hot. And Alexander ADM is always good to announce for. And see, basically, if you give me long announcing to do, it, you're always going to be my favorite. So. KOE, like their list is ridiculous. And the the thing about KOE, right? <laughs> so their list is already 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 ridiculous. But in the back, they always want to add more to it. And then just before you're going out, they add more, even more to it. So you need to remember all the all these factors. And it's it's the fact that there's two of them, the brothers. So one would say one thing, then one would say the other, then they'll both come in together, and then one will say it, and it's just like, guys, give us a break, man, come on. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you also trying, one of those guys who doesn't like having the old list, doesn't have have the uh, the, the notepad or anything well, like that? Well, uh, KOE, I think he'll become like a pure scroll. <laughs> like, like, <honestly, laughs> the old Jericho, like, 100,000 to 1 volts. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it will come to that stage, honestly. With them, they're they're always good fun to announce for them too. Yeah, definitely. And working base club, they're always just funny. And Robbie Wishart is another one. He's <laughs> and him coming out to Whitney Houston, and then me having to say he's asked me to inform you that he would like to dance with somebody tonight. <laughs> yeah. He's he's up there. <laughs> uh, just as you mentioned, uh, referee, I remember there was another question that came through our Facebook. So mm-hmm. thank God you said that. Uh, so it's just put. It's Graham Farrell who's okay. asked the question. Uh, he's put. Who is your favourite referee, and why is it him? Oh, see, because he's asked, I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> um. Uh... Charles Robinson, you know what? Yeah, uh, Charles Robinson, and you know why? Because he interacted with ESSR on Twitter. So you're always, if you do that, you're gonna be. Um, uh, there was a funny thing where the two Ryans were doing a show about SmackDown, and they mentioned about uh, Charles Robinson on the show, and they tweeted him, and then they just got into a back and forth with Charles Robinson, and they were. And it eventually went into the DMs and they were, they were talking about possible interviews and stuff. And the guy's a class guy, so yeah, he's my favourite referee for that. What? That, perfect. That, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's... Uh, for, for anyone else, if you want to become my, any of my favourites, just, just interact with me. If you're, if you're... Anyone, DDP, give me some yoga. I'll do some yoga for you for free. Uh, so you get in touch. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so for announcing, so... Yeah, like I so, Jericho, Jericho stream will be up there. You get a big, big screen. You can go through his uh, pain maker and oh, all these other gimmicks. I, I, I couldn't announce Jericho. I'll just be like, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I, I'll need to pretend I'm announcing somebody else. <laughs> I just couldn't. I like, I'm, I know my starstruck limit, and Jericho's right up there. <laughs> That's, that's so, so weird because because you, you do all these things you do video you do podcast you do everything and you come you're just like the, the most confident person but if there's a wrestler I am not I you come am across not. as the most confident person but as soon as um, you see a wrestler mentioned you're like no terrified so uh, I saw this in a talk once it's I'm like the swan effect so 
above the water you see you see it going smoothly 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 but underneath you see that yeah <laughs> that that's me I, I, I can i can somehow show myself to be but i'm i'm not no no i'm not i'm i'm a very nervous guy so uh I, the way i challenge myself is i just have to put myself in a situation so like when ring announcing when it's <laughs> uh, i saw alan uh laurie had mentioned this on twitter and i always do my the show will begin in five minutes time and even even doing that i'm nervous so i'm like i'm like looking at saying it's 10 seconds to 10 seconds 10 seconds. i'm like you, you can ask graham like i'm proper nervous even doing that so i do that and then for a minute i'm just like calm and then the next three minutes it's like oh no oh no and then i'm walking through the curtain and i'm i'm just walking i walk around the ring as if i know what i'm doing i don't i'm just hoping i don't shock master myself into the ring or something like that <laughs> so uh, yeah and then uh have my mic uh do my little mic check make sure it's definitely working which by the way it's happened before the swa so my the batteries of my cordless microphone went out and i was just like talking into the car and i just felt the world closing in on me and i was like that i was like i'll just shout it so i shouted that and i was fine but yeah at that moment for a wee i was just like hell no <laughs> I'm just, just imagine that you're getting so panicked. It has to be exactly five minutes because if, if you don't do it five minutes beforehand, someone's going to shout the other side going, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's yeah, nay. no, it's four yeah. minutes. It's, 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 uh, at the time, of, yeah, you're you're a bit out there, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I try and keep the five minute warning to five minutes exactly on the dot. But hey, right. So, so before we wrap up, then we could probably speak for far longer. I've got a feeling yeah. that we, we could probably speak for a long time about nothing. But uh, before we're going, for, before we, we wrap up, then if anyone hasn't checked out ESSR at all, Eat Sleep Super Street Tweet. Um, what episodes would you recommend? Just a couple off the top of your head, any particular episodes you think they have to check out, uh, whether it's uh, Sarah crushing children, um, Scott's dreams. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to, I said children, I thought that's not the way I want to put it. <laughs> so, sorry, Scott, that's not what I meant. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Sarah crushing dreams, or if it's just a particular moment that you think this gets, this is. This is what ESSR is about. You should listen to this one. Um, okay, so Debated Chamber number one always sticks with me. That was that was a really good show. So the guys on that show, basically there's six of them. I mean, they know what topics can come up, but the topics that come out is drawn from a hat. Um, but they don't know whether they're going to be argued for it or against it. And the first topic that they had to debate was the John Cena kill the Nexus, and um, or should John Cena, uh, John Cena kill the Nexus by not uh, letting them go over at that uh, big elimination tag team match and stuff? So you had people saying that John Cena should have done more. Then there were some people that say, and um, John C- uh, it doesn't matter anyway. And then the second debate they had on that same show was. The Attitude Era produced terrible matches. So you had people saying that it did and people saying it didn't. And that was a very funny debate. So definitely check that out. Uh, 
for selfish reasons, you have to check out Brita's uh, wrestling entrances because that was my first hosting show. Uh, Queen of the uh, Queen of the Ring tournament, where we all picked our own um, wrestlers to go into a Queen of the Ring tournament, and we had to argue and fight to nail that one. That was definitely up there to listen. The Vister Christmas special, as we said, you gotta listen to that one. Um, interviews galore. So listen to like Nick Aldis was very insightful, and Emily Hayden for obvious reasons we were mentioning. Uh, people like Billy Kirkwood, that that was an education. Sugar Dunkerton, that was <laughs> that was just so funny. What one of my favorite interviews. Sugar Dunkerton is just absolute, absolute bro, absolute G. And seeing him doing, doing, doing Sugar do bits during COVID, COVID, and being in AEW then in Raw Underground and stuff like it was just so good to see him do that. So yeah, um, I know there's a, there's a lot of good shows out there that. Um, as a must, like the NXT shows and um, and anything with David Campbell, I gotta give a big shout out to David Campbell, the goat, the greatest of all time. Anything with him, he's he's my bro. So yeah, check out. And finally, yes, that's our question. What has been the best uh, roast intro that you've ever either received oh. or heard? Right. The one I received, like, I think it has to be Stephen Wilson. And there's a bit of a backstory because th- this was a revenge for what I did. So, in the greatest wrestling show, <laughs> I mean, the greatest wrestling entrances show, and I, I, I was kind of nice with everyone. Um, we had uh, David Grimison on the show, so that was really insightful to have a someone that composes music for wrestling on that show, so it was really insightful, but um, I was being nice for everyone, but it got to Stevie and uh, there's a running joke in the podcast that um, Stevie with uh, his good lady, he's punching above his weight, <laughs> so I said, I basically said, uh, if I'm sitting here, you're probably wondering who's producing the show, now the man next to me, he's not the bruiser weight. He's not a cruiser weight. He's simply punching above his weight. <laughs> so that one. But then Stephen retaliated on the uh, wrestling wedding show, and he said he basically described us all to a feature of a wedding. So I it came to me, and he said that I'm a bit like the uh, hat off the. Um, the uh, groom's mother's uh, hat. It's loud, it's brash, but after a while, you don't really want to wear it again, so you just put it in the back cupboard. And that's what I was described as. Like, nah, I'll, I'll give you that. So, I, and we we have a good ding dong. I mean, me and Stephen, he, uh, the guy is very insightful. He, he, and his background in journalism as well. So he's really, the effort he's put into ESSR has just been phenomenal and getting us all these media opportunities and getting us into, um, like, his work with, like, Daily Record, the Mirror, Sport and stuff like that has just brought us to a whole other level that we get invited to media calls and media interviews with, like, WWE, AEW, and NWA as well so yeah um, everyone's just brought their own thing 
that's the thing. Everyone's brought their own thing, their own insight and way to propel the podcast further. So yeah, we got a strong team and we're only building up. So yeah, I'm excited. Wonderful. Well, perfect. Well, th- thanks for taking the time to speak to me today. Where can people find you on social media? Okay, so I'm at Mr. Quackeraji on Twitter, Instagram. I don't really use Instagram, though. Big warning. I'm, I'm rubbish there. Uh, also, if you want to hook up with me on PlayStation, I'm also at Mr. Quackeraji. I can make you loads and loads and loads and loads of money on GTA if that's what you want. So, yeah, hit me up on there. And don't slide into my DMs unless I know you. But, yeah, uh, hit me up. <laughs> And of course, don't send your medical uh, requests and rashes. No, to, to don't. Dr. Please, please go to an actual doctor. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not good on that front. Just go to an actual doctor. Uh, NHS twenty four. There's your people. <laughs> First time they've ever been advertised. Yeah, NHS twenty four. Go for it. Um, perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Billy. No, it's been good fun, and uh, thanks for everything you do on SWN and. Uh, thanks for the opportunity chat it's been great so yeah keep on driving you're you're doing good job so thank you